Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. They are giving my listeners five fantastic travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D free of charge with your first order. See all details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode 212 of the podcast with a leader in the field of nutritional psychiatry, Dr. Drew Ramsey. Drew's book, Eat to Beat Depression and Anxiety, is a powerful prescription for optimizing your mental health through diet. And in this clip, he provides some helpful tips on the changes you can make right now to improve your brain and mental health. What I think is really interesting for for many of us is this idea that what we do to our bodies can affect our brains. So this idea that if we can reduce inflammation in our body, that can also reduce inflammation in our brain or certainly help symptoms in our brain. There is a real strong uh, link and set of evidence now linking inflammation and chronic inflammation to depression and anxiety, as well as brain fog. Uh, Inflammation is uh, uh, very tightly linked to our food because the, the largest part of our inflammatory or immune system is our gut. And so if you think about food as, as really a set of signals and, and as a way to really fuel and nourish your immune and inflammatory system and, and also to regulate it. It's a really shift we all need to make to think about mental health and mental fitness and our own mental fitness and how do we prevent these conditions and then if we have them really use everything that we have to treat them. And I think what's exciting yeah. is for me, you know, a lot of times with mental health, we're trying to take something away from a patient in, in a certain way, right? A, a bad habit or a defense or a toxic relationship or a substance. Uh, what I liked about food is one, patients were already doing it. You're already eating three, four times a day. And so it was like, a, it's a much easier pivot. You're already in the grocery store. If I can help you look right instead of look left, wow, I can make a massive outcome in your health, in your mental health particularly. You do focus in on these 12 nutrients, these 12 nutrients that can help us all build healthier, more vibrant brains. And so I wonder whether we could spend a bit of time on what some of those nutrients are. For and sure. then you can talk about how they fit into certain patterns. I worked specifically with um, Laura Lachance, and we started trying to create a manual of nutritional psychiatry of sort of how do clinicians do this. We created the antidepressant food scale. And we just really asked a simple question. All right, with all this nutritional information, what nutrients matter for depression? And we found there were 12 that had significant levels of scientific evidence that they could help prevent depression and help treat depression. Things like zinc and magnesium and B12 and omega-3 fats and folate uh, and iron. And, and then we said, you know, what foods on planet Earth, just natural, whole foods, have the most of these 12 nutrients per calorie? Really simple question. 
And that led to a list of the top plant foods and the top animal foods. And, and I, well, I don't love listing foods like that because everyone says, you know, what's number one, the watercress. I was like, oh, I should eat more watercress to fight my depression. And what really led me to understand is, and these are called nutrient profiling systems and the antidepressant food scale was the first nutrient profiling system that was ever created specifically for mental health. And, and what Dr. LeChance and I understood is that if you looked at food in terms of food categories, and this is what nutrient profiling systems really encourage you to do, and what you see is what's, what's in the top five animal foods. You know, three of them are bivalves, mussels, clams, and oysters. Why is that? Well, if you look at one of the most important nutrients for mental health, it's vitamin B12, the largest vitamin uh, we eat. You'd think we'd all know what is the top source of vitamin B12 in the natural world. And I certainly didn't. It's clams. I mean, who's called clam a superfood, right? It's like, who said, like, oh, you know, I'm going out tonight. I want to make sure I recover from my hangover. I'm, you know, getting a B12 injection. It's like, hell no, I'm having pasta vongole. Get my B12 levels up. I mean, it, it's <laughs> so, you know, I, I remember the dietary pattern, I think, is a really brilliant shift that researchers made. And, and you've had Felice Jacka on. She's really, yeah. uh, you know, one of, the founders of this field. I mean, she's done some of the best research and led, I think, really our movement. Uh, Dr. Jacka had actually the first real nutritional psychiatry paper ever published in the American Journal of Psychiatry, one of the you know, top journals in mental health, which was a correlational study showing that dietary patterns, so it's not about just B12 or this or that, but a dietary pattern. So the pattern of all the foods you eat a traditional dietary pattern. So those are, you know, foods everybody's going to recognize where everyone's heard that phrase, you know, foods like grandma ate, right? So potatoes, tomatoes, you know, okra, salmon, beef, right? Stuff that is real food compared to a modern or Western dietary pattern. And, and the, a traditional dietary pattern was correlated with a significant decrease in depression and anxiety. So they're just a correlational study, but really fascinating. And I like this shift because it allows us to eat pizza and chocolate cake and have the occasional beer and, and not freak out because we have a dietary pattern that's consisting as a foundation on really what are called nutrient-dense foods. Again, those foods on the antidepressant food scale, like you know, uh, leafy greens, you're always going to have a lot of nutrition, not a lot of calories. And that's what we look for in nutritional psychiatry. And there are a lot of foods that I... I think we've lost. A lot of us have lost the tradition of of uh, of, of seafoods or nutrient dense foods or how leafy greens are used. A lot of us don't have that knowledge of, of how to prepare and cook foods at home in very simple ways that are very easy and economical, but that support our health. And um, so the hope is to translate those nutrients, get people excited about these nutrients and what they do in our brain, but really translate them into foods. You mentioned there was another trial which is showing that changing the food that we eat or certain dietary patterns can help reduce the likelihood of developing depression in the future. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, you're not. That's so. The the the. I think the best trial in that is is back to a, a prospective correlational trial, which was an epidemiological study of ten thousand. I think it's like nine hundred and thirty some odd uh, university students in Spain. And what that study showed is that if you look at them at the beginning of college or, and, and you look at the, how Mediterranean their, their diet is, so it was a nine-point Mediterranean dietary pattern scale, if you look at people in the top half of that, so they're eating a fairly Mediterranean diet in their freshman year and follow them over four and a half years, kind of checking in about who gets depressed and what they're eating, 
they found that there was between a 30 to 52% reduction in the risk of getting clinical depression. And, and they ran this as a really interesting study. They, they, they did a number of different models. For example, they looked at anybody who got um, an antidepressant in the first two years of the trial and just you know, take, took them out of the data set to really try and see, we're really looking for people over the span of their college career eating a poor dietary pattern versus a Mediterranean dietary pattern. The, the trial that I was thinking about in terms of prevention, it's because I think a lot about college depression. I treat a lot of college students who really love working with young adults. Uh, such a challenging time. I think for me, it was a challenging time with my mood. There's a trial in Australia. It's really fascinating. Heather Francis led the team. They looked at college freshmen that had poor eating habits and had depression. And they did a very simple intervention. This is, I, I sort of joke with clinicians, like if, if, if this can work, boy, we've got to be able to be effective. This was just a 13-minute video and then a five-minute phone call a week later. Uh, one week later, so two weeks after the video, uh, another five-minute phone call. And the five-minute phone was like, hey, Ron God, how are you? Like, you eating some veggies, man? How's dorm life? Like, you using the turmeric? How about the nuts? And so they gave people a little box of nuts nut butter, olive oil, and then cinnamon and turmeric. So they send these into the college dorm and, and, and with like a lot of encouragement in the video, like you, you can improve your mental health with food, eat more vegetables, eat more plants. The cinnamon and, and turmeric, there's a little bit of data about those being good for brain health and brain growth. What, what they found is that just with that minimal intervention, individuals significantly shifted their diets there was a significant reduction in anxiety, depression, and stress rating scales at three months and at six months. This is like 23 minutes, and there's no actual face-to-face -face human intervention. So very, very you know, cost-effective intervention in terms of pr potentially preventing college depression. There's a concept in the book I really liked, which was you'd like to help your patients put their brains in grow mode. And I thought that was a really interesting way of thinking about it. So what is grow mode and how do you help your patients get into that state? I encourage my patients and really everybody with the brain to think beyond serotonin, our beloved serotonin, a wonderful, wonderful neurotransmitter. But it feels like the conversation about depression gets reduced. Like that's the brain molecule that's involved with mental health. That one and maybe dopamine. And I think that really above all of these players is BDNF. And BDNF is a neurohormone. Ranga, you brought up connection earlier. And it's really, a, for me, a driving core principle of my own personal life, of how I think about my mental health and my happiness and in my family's happiness. And, uh, but, but also how I think about my patients when I value them. Is the kind of tentacles of your life reach out? Like, where do they go and what are the qualities of those connections? As a psychiatrist, I love this notion also that that's exactly what our brain cells do. You know, when you're learning, your brain cells are reaching out and, you know, like making, making new connections. And that's what memory is. That's where you know, our memories like live in these connections between our neurons. It's really just wow. uh, fascinating to, to think about the brain is this, not, not what even I learned in medical school 20 years ago. I'm sure they, you learned the same thing, right? Hey, you get like 90 billion brain cells. Like, don't mess with them, bro. Like, don't mess up. Don't do bad things because <laughs> you don't get any more. And then we know that's wrong, that your brain is always, not a lot, but making some new brain cells. And um, another Felice Jackson study, great study in your, uh, showing that between 60 and 65, 
individuals with a healthy diet, you could see a significantly bigger brain, like, like a, a couple cubic millimeters more brain in the left hippocampus compared to individuals who are eating a very unhealthy dietary Western wow. dietary pattern, right? That's a lot of brain cells, like two cubic millimeters. I mean, so that's exciting to me as a clinician. And, and, and I try and bring that hopefulness and enthusiasm because often when we are struggling with our mental health, we really feel badly about ourselves. We feel very down. We feel very stuck. Um, so the idea that, you know, this brain that I'm lugging around, that's not really serving me so well right now in this moment, I have the power to change that. And those things that I know help me feel better, exercising, sleeping well, um, eating well, connecting with loved ones and playing, playing, I've got my, I was feeling nervous for that, like playing a little instrument, playing a little music, right? All those things uh, support my brain making more connections in a very intentional way. And so I, I love the idea of neuroplasticity. It's really the, the most powerful way that food and lifestyle medicine work for us, like literally giving us more brain resilience, more brain repair, and more brain power. Hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. If you enjoyed this episode, I think you will really enjoy my bite-sized Friday email. It's called The Friday Five. And each week I share things that I do not share on social media. It contains five short doses of positivity, articles or books that I'm reading, quotes that I'm thinking about, exciting research I've come across, and so much more. I really think you're going to love it. The goal is for it to be a small yet powerful dose of feel-good to get you ready for the weekend. You can sign up for it free of charge at drchatterjee.com forward slash Friday 5. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Science next Friday.